Hello and welcome to the Convenience Mix podcast, brought to you by conveniencestore.co.uk, Lumen Intelligence and The Grocer. Every four weeks, our experts will be dissecting the key trends impacting the UK convenience retail sector, sharing exclusive insight and the latest news coverage straight to your ears. Whether you work on a shop floor or in a head office, this podcast will provide you with actionable insights and best-in-class examples from a thriving convenience sector. As always, please don't forget to subscribe by Apple, Spotify, or your preferred streaming platform so you don't miss an episode. My name is Aidan Fortune, editor of conveniencestore.co.uk. As always, I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Blonnie Whist, Inside Director of Lumen Intelligence. Hi, Aidan. And News Editor at The Grocer, Ronan Hegarty. Hey there, Aidan. On this month's episode, we're looking at the growing plant-based category and what opportunity it brings for the convenience channel. From plant-based pigs and blankets and possible burgers, to Mondelez getting in on the act with his almond paste alternative to dairy milk. The category is reaching all corners of retail, and there's an expectation from shoppers that convenience stores should be carrying plant-based ranges. To help examine this trend, we're joined by the grocer's fresh foods editor, Kevin White, who's been covering the category's growth for some time. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Aidan. Thank you for having me. But before we hear more from Kevin, I spoke to Thea Brook, founder of The Brook, which supplies premium plant-based ready meals into the convenience channel. We discussed the rise of plant-based foods in convenience. Thank you for joining us on the Convenience, convenience Mix podcast. Um, plant-based category, it's really exploded over the last few years. Um, any particular reason why? I think it's a combination of reasons. So we see a lot of data around what's driving people to be more interested in plant-based. And it's a real mix between understanding the health benefits, the environmental impact, animal welfare, and I think all of these streams getting more visibility in the media. So obviously we've seen quite a lot over the last couple of years coming more into the press around the environmental impact of moving to a more plant-based diet. We've got you know, documentaries like Game Changers, which is huge on Netflix that looked at physical fitness and, and sporting. So I think the more the information is becoming available, the more people are looking to explore it. And winning convenience, I mean, Brooke has, um, is present in a lot of um, probably more premium convenience stores. What do you see the opportunity of plant-based within the convenience sector? I think it's huge. I mean, what we see through our customers, whether we're serving them directly or in through the convenience stores, is that people are time poor. They want good tasting, healthy options. And I think particularly as people are understanding and exploring plant-based they want a lot of the work done for them so that's really good through you know something like convenience outlook where people just want to be able to pop in not have to think too hard about ingredients and what they're going to make they can just pick up something and it's going to fit the bill already for them so across all sectors whether it's just you know an ingredient you need to pick up or a complete meal there's always going to be people sort of rushing home and needing something. And how does it compare to maybe say 10, 15 years ago? Is it night and day or is it just more attention on the category? I think it's in terms of what's generally changed, which will, will be the same for convenience, is that people who wanted to follow more of a plant-based diet or a vegetarian diet 10, 15 years ago would have been very much of the understanding that they needed to make a lot of their food from scratch. Um, there wasn't, you know, all of these products you see now that are a replacement for dairy or a replacement for meat or a replacement for a complete meal solution. Those products weren't 
on the market. Um, so you had a few brands like Linda McCartney and things where you might be able to pick up some sausages or something. Um, but generally, people felt like if I want to eat this way, I'm going to be buying fresh vegetables and raw ingredients and making my own food. Whereas now, there's so much available. You know, so many products that that fit. Um, just being able to quickly throw some dinner together at the end of the day or, or plan something for your weekend that, that you didn't have 10, 15 years ago. And I, I guess shoppers expect us now, really. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's not just in retail. It's across all the, the high street chains when you're going out for dinner. It, the UK is incredible now in term, terms of options. So absolutely, when somebody stops into a convenience store, they are expecting naturally that there's going to be options for them. It's not really a case anymore that you have to go to those specialist stores that you might have needed to go to before. You just think everywhere's going to have a good range of plant-based milks, a cheese, a, a, a meat alternative, some really interesting products that you can just you know, grab and, and get going. Um, I've seen a lot in, in a lot of stores, um, the plant-based or free-from products, they're usually grouped together in one display or one aisle. Do you see when it's just part of the the regular uh, convenience mix? So I think it's interesting, the conversations around placement and what different stores have, have tried to do. And, and and I can see both sides. I think if, if a consumer is looking for plant-based or free-from, it does make the shopping experience a lot easier to be able to go to a section and know you know everything or most things in that section you're going to be able to pick up as opposed to going through the entire place and looking at the ingredients to read if there's a little bit of milk powder in something or, or similar um but that's specifically for people who are already very much looking for it i think you know the argument for placing them throughout the store and not having it all grouped together is that then um somebody who's you know flexitarian or just very open in terms of what they eat in their diet, they might end up picking up something that is plant-based um, and trying it because it's in the section where they were looking for, for other products. Um, and that's a really good way for people to be able to try new things and um, encourage the adoption of some of these great alternatives that are out there. I think things like the, the Hellman's Vegan Mayo is a great example of that. It, it tastes just as good as, if not better than the original mayonnaise. And you often just see it sat alongside rather than being in a separate section and then people think sometimes think oh well, I'll give that a try and just see what it's like because I've read good reviews that shopper might not have gone to the free from section to look for something a bit different and if a retailer um that hasn't already expanded into plant-based um is considering what advice would you have so I think one of the key things to think about with plant-based is really servicing yes um people who've made that decision to be fully plant-based in their diet but there's a much bigger market of people who are just interested and curious and looking to reduce their reliance on meat and dairy and i think making sure that you're serving both of those markets is really important so there's some really excellent products out there like some like vegan chocolate there's a brand called nomo for example which i know lots of people who aren't plant-based who that's now their go-to chocolate even though it's a plant-based chocolate because it tastes as good as if not better than the original thing and i think finding those products where you're like we i refer to them often as gateway products you know it's the it's the easy things for for people to switch out as much as the the kind of foods that you'd be going for once you understand that way of eating um so i think if you're first starting out to look at 
the plant-based space and, and what products to bring in those products that are going to sort of serve both vegans vegetarians and those meat producing vegetarians um is the best place to start because you're going to serve as many of your customers as possible and and we keep calling plant-based a trend what are the maybe upcoming trends within plant-based that you you're seeing so one thing that's been interesting that's been shifting is that when we first moved into having our product line in retail there was a really heavy focus on the meat um replacements really try and satisfy you know led by people like beyond meat um people seeing really interesting sausage replacements chicken replacements all that kind of thing um and what we've seen now start to shift is that as those areas have become quite saturated and oh, there's lots of great options on the market it's almost led to a bit of a full circle focus back onto the whole food approach to plant-based so really I think in a way, because those products are, are covered now, that box is ticked. And if people want to go down that route or have that option, they can. But, but people are realising, well, that's not what people necessarily want every day. They want to, to be able to have a burger every now and then. Um, but actually, it's not all, like having that every day all the time isn't going to be the healthiest way to eat a plant-based diet. So if we want to, to move towards a healthier planet-friendly diet, actually, we need to be thinking about how those whole foods can be used. So using, you know, looking at protein sources that are whole, like beans and lentils and nuts and how those things can be brought in to really create great tasting but nutritious meals without relying on those processed mock meats. And finally, with um, concerns over poultry production and um, and supply chains uh, for this Christmas, um, there are concerns that maybe turkey won't be on the menu for as many people is this an opportunity for the plant-based sector for maybe people to try a a, a meat-free christmas absolutely i mean i'm obviously not concerned about turkey not being on the menu for lots of people that sounds like music to play. um but absolutely i mean last year was phenomenal i think um in terms of the products that were available compared to the year before the innovation that happened in that 12-month period you were really looking at i think you know, I saw things like a vegan turkey crown wrapped in bacon with stuffing in it in the, in the main supermarket. So there's some amazing innovation that, that's out. So I'm really interested to see what hits the shelves this year. But there's so many options. Um, when I, I went plant-based five or six years ago, my first Christmas was very experimental in terms of what we have. Looking back, it was actually pretty bad <laughs> what, we, what we had. Um, but now, you know, the, the amount of recipes that are out there that are easy to follow, the products that you can get, um, you know, pigs in blankets that are vegan and every kind of element you want to see on your Christmas table is out there either through being able to create it yourself or, or buy it ready-made. So absolutely, I think it's a great year to be able to try out some new products. Excellent. Thank you very much, Tia. Some interesting insight from Tia. Kevin, you've been following the category and seen the ways of MPD come onto the shelves in grocery. Please tell us how the category has grown over the past couple of years. Well, it's grown a lot, Aidan. Um, we've seen huge growth really over, over the past five years. And, you know, we've at the grocery, we've been covering this, you know, as it's grown um, from a, you know, quite a niche part of the food sector to something far, you know, far bigger and, you know, moved to something that's really become part of the mainstream now in terms of the food industry and an area where there's a lot of investment, a lot of interest um, from manufacturers and, and retailers. And are there any particular products or categories that are really resonating with consumers? Or, um, and also, is there you know, danger of market saturation? Um, well, 
um, we've seen growth across a load of of different categories actually um you know back in you know just just to to go back 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 in 2019 um we reported that one fifth of all retail um food at mpb was plant based um and that um level that grew to 25% when you're talking about own labels so um and that's only grown ever since really and you know we're, we're writing about you know new products every every week on numerous you know numerous products every week actually um in terms of the the, the key growth areas um we've seen huge growth in meat free so you know the, the the fake meat burgers fake chicken burgers um in terms of uh the grocers top products survey from last year um sales were up 28.8 percent um in terms in value terms taking the the total meat free market to just over 500 million pounds so that's grown significantly over the past few years but you know other categories are so it's really seen strong growth as well um oat milk for example um up 92 percent um according to um some data we had from Kantar um for one of our focus on uh, plant-based category reports earlier this year and then you know even even areas like ready meals obviously you just be speaking to the brook um uh, research from the eating better coalition in june showed that um across you know 10 largest uk retailers plant-based ready meals had grown in, in volume terms um, by 92 percent since uh, 2018 so we're seeing growth but not just in your typical fake meat areas we're seeing growth across the whole kind of you know food supply chain really well, let's bring the, uh, other, our other co-hosts into this. Um, so, Blani, what's driving the growth of plant-based? I think it's evolved massively, and and it has to all come back to health, really. But what consumers meant by healthy five years ago is completely different to what consumers think of as healthy today. Um, so we can see in the convenience market that about 7% of consumers are either following vegetarian or vegan uh, diets and and actually when we look at the reason for this sort of adoption of diet or change in consumption it's not necessarily just animal friendliness or, or ethics which is driving this decision and that supports this theory of the rise of flexitarianism so actually the, the third most common reason for, for changing diets is more animally, animally friendly but more than that is the environment and, and it being um, lower in carbon and more environmentally friendly. But ultimately the huge driver that, that provokes this change in consumers is the improvement to health. And I think we're seeing that in maybe more of a, a self-centered view and in plant-based and, and what that can do for them. And what that says to me is that actually plant-based isn't really being driven by strictly speaking, you know, vegans, vegetarians, It's it's this flex flexitarianism and it's people who eat meat on a Thursday, but not on a Monday. And, and I think that's really where we're seeing the growth. And as we've said, Aidan, I think people really need to recognize the importance of this. And we need to stop calling plant-based a, a trend and recognize that it's a category and it's got um, its own dynamics within that. Absolutely. And Ronan, how about you? What's your, what's your plant-based alternative? Well, I mean, I mean, as somebody who's who's been a sort of uh, a meat eater for a very long time, I, I I haven't really sort of, well, I say I've been a meat eater for a long time, I've been a flexitarian for a long time because loads of meals that I have traditionally don't contain meat, um, you know, um, 
quite often I'll have vegetarian pasta dishes and things like this. So um, I've never really been one for meat substitutes, but it definitely, you can see this is a, a, an absolute growing category and it's um, it, it's something that pretty much touches touches everyone at some point. And I've been, uh, I did dabble in the summer with some sort of vegetarian burger type um you know alternatives and yeah absolutely find them find them pretty tasty and uh something i definitely do every now and again so for me so even for somebody sort of like myself it's it's a category that sort of is is becoming in there so i think yes i'm quite typical of many in that regard what do you see as the main challenge for convenience retailers when it comes to plant-based i guess it's space isn't it um there's twofold in in that regard i mean do you have a separate um specific area flagging it up with bells and whistles saying get your plant-based and get your meat-free stuff here um or do you simply sort of have good alternatives um alongside other products you know we, thea talked about the mayonnaise and it makes complete sense that a, a vegan mayonnaise should be next to your hellman's and uh, it's 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 about getting that challenge um you know right i i suspect for many um convenience retailers it'll be a sort of a, a smaller sort of here's some vegan options have a good good look at this to encourage trial and then it'll be dotting key products around it throughout the store where you know people might be tempted just to try that vegan alternative kevin you've been following this from a multiple point of view i mean how do they address the siting of, of plant-based products it's really evolved really over the past few years um and it caused quite a bit of controversy at the start but uh, a lot of the you know major retailers started uh, merchandising you know plant-based meat alternatives next to meat and you can imagine that obviously you know many in the meat sector weren't particularly keen on that but I mean, that was a couple of years ago, and I think it's become the norm now. And, you know, we're talking about plant-based not becoming a, not a trend anymore, and it's very much part of the mainstream. And, and, and that is a sign that it's become accepted by the retailers um, that, you know, this is a really important part of the food food sector now, and they need to service the needs of their customers um, to, to meet, the, you know, those demands. And you've only got to look at what the, the supermarkets, have, have, you know, the commitments that they've done. Tesco set up. 300% sales target increase for meat alternatives by 2025 last year. Waitrose have, uh, you know, just launched their biggest ever vegan and veggie um, product launch as well. And um, Sainsbury's have made similar commitments and there are many others who've done the same. And, in you know, in practice, what you see is merchandising next to the, the, the product that they're aping, you know, for want of a better word. Um, but you're also seeing increasingly um, collaborations with certain brands as well, whereby they kind of hero a certain part of the fixture with that brand and then other brands will join them in that merchandise as well. So, for example, it could be in, next to the milk aisle, you might have Alpro kind of, you know, with the, the shelf talkers and everything really promoting, you know, the Alpro products. And then you might have other plant-based um, milk alternatives next to it as well so you know we're seeing lots of exa- examples of that across really you know not just fresh food as well you're seeing it in 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 ambient and, and those kinds of areas as well really and with um you know with, with this huge focus by the major multiples and the growth within food service i mean has the convenience tile missed a trick in your opinion no i don't i don't think it has missed the trick i mean i think it it could do best it could do more but it's obviously a lot more disparate uh, of, a, of a category and, you know, down to individual retailers' decisions often as well. But, you know, we've seen some good examples really over the years. Spa was one of, you know, early trailblazers in running something very similar to what I've just said about Alpro. You know, they ran 
um, I wrote a story about this in 2017 about them um, teaming up with Alpro to, to run a very similar fixture um, for free from and, and plant based. And you know we've seen MPD, um, you know, from that retailer. Ever, you know, some interesting MPD from that retailer ever since. And you know, you've only got to look at other, other, you know, the likes of Budgins, you know, who carry some of the main brands, and you know, other retailers do very similar things as well. But you know, it's only going to become more and more prevalent um, as we progress, and we're reaching a real kind of maturity point now with a lot of these products, um, whereby you know, as we said, it's not just a trend anymore and you know some of these products are really sophisticated and the consumers are really sophisticated as well in terms of you know what they're looking for so obviously they're they're being further developed to meet those demands as well yeah absolutely i don't think uh, for a second that convenience has missed a trick on this i think it's uh, it's still early days for for store owners and it's you know still a little bit that new territory to go into and, and it's clearly an area that um, could prove very profitable for them. You know, I mean, if you uh, if you see, you know, what you know the co-op is doing with its grow range um, that was only introduced um, in, in early 2020. Um, in 2019, the co-op only had something like uh, uh, 20 vegan and you know vegetarian products on sale, and that was about 15. Well, that's worth about five million sales by the end of uh, last year. Uh, they grow. Uh, range was extended to 48 products um, and you know it's now over 13 million in sales and you know in fact obviously it uh, it, it beat all comers to, to win our grosser own label range of the year at our gold awards this month so you know it's convenience is it, it, it's it's not just a trick it's 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 in its infancy and it's uh, and I think it's it's somewhere that's really establishing itself at the minute. In terms of where retailers should be starting, I really think it needs to start with really knowing the consumer. Um, So we can see from our convenience data that actually vegetarian consumers in convenience are less brand loyal. And that really makes sense because they they would need to be, you know, they need to be a bit more flexible in which kinds of brands are going to cater to their dietary requirements. But that means a really, really good opportunity for more challenger, innovative brands to come in or, or MPD as well. And they're actually a bit more price conscious, um, which I thought was quite surprising because usually we say uh, all these things about veganism being a sort of more premium product, um, a good way to boost average weekly sales. But I think if we think about it, that younger consumers are more likely to hold these dietary requirements, it probably makes a bit more sense. And to me, it just emphasizes the importance of positioning in store. So the importance of having the the dairy-free milk alternatives next to the milk just makes um, makes consumers just that bit more likely to to price up to those products. Or you know, it's about having um, a really affordable range um, for for plant-based products like Co-op have responded with. And Blani, does a lot of this boil down to? The proper marketing of these products by retailers. I mean, I mean, some are already carrying a lot of these products and lines, um, but are they being flagged properly in store? How do customers know about them? I mean, earlier this year, Co-op announced that its grow range of uh, vegan products will be priced in line with their meat-based equivalents. Do retailers need a good hook? Yeah, I think it doesn't hurt. And I think the other thing that um, is really uh, boosting this category at the moment is great packaging. Um, so we know that consumers are, are more driven to that, just makes the whole shopping experience that bit, that bit better. Um, but it is being very well supported with, with marketing campaigns. 
Um, so I'm thinking about earlier this year and Sainsbury's launched the, um, the great big fat fruit and veg challenge on the Nectar app. Um, and that really was all about incentivizing shoppers to buy more fruit and veg and offering bonus Nectar points as a reward. Um, and it was really clever because it's incorporating personalized targets that were based on shoppers' purchasing habits. Just a really nice example of using tech um, to, to boost this plant-based category. And Ronan, how about you? Yeah, I think I think it is interesting. I think you see, as Blondie mentioned, I think I think a lot of the branding is now definitely being targeted, and it's targeted at younger consumers. That, you know, particularly if, and I think that makes sense to convenience as well. You've got a, a short opportunity to grab a customer, so that it's got to be flashy. It's got to be a bit bells and whistles. It, you know, can't be hard for customers to go and find this sort of thing. So, and you know, when you are targeting the, those younger consumers, you know, it's it, it, it can't be boring. It can't be stayed. It can't look. You know, it's it's got to be exciting. It's got to be something that they'll literally be, you know, grabbing off the shelf and can't wait to get home and try. So, you know, I think that is important. But I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing that. You know, both in the packaging, we also start to see a lot of advertising on TV for, you know, these challenger vegan plant-based brands. And it's it's definitely all sort of, um, it's loud, it's bright, and you know, you can definitely see that as a, as a way to go. Maybe. There has there've come a point where you know they're targeting more customers across the age ranges, and they'll have to be thinking a bit more differently. But at the moment, you can see there's definitely an energy about the category. And finally, with supply chains under pressure, Turkey may be off the menu for some. Who is going to be having a plant-based Christmas here? I'll be sticking probably to beef, to be fair. But uh, yeah, I don't know if, <laughs> if plant-based is for me. But uh, probably some of our uh, party food will have uh, a few plant-based options rather than just all meat. Well, actually, Ronan, um, this, the, the plant-based brand, uh, announced a few weeks ago that there'll be a vegan uh, pigs in blankets lineup and, and various party sausages. And, you know, so that there is some interesting innovation um, around products around festive periods, not just in meat alternatives, but, you know, in, in the whole kind of the, the whole spread, really. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a difficult Christmas for, for everyone getting their supplies to, to the supermarkets, I'd suggest, not just turkeys. I'll definitely give anything a go. But yeah, when it comes to the centerpiece, it probably won't be plant-based. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm really in two minds about plant-based Christmas because on the one hand, we've really talked about flexitarians driving this change. So I'm not really seeing those sorts of people switching to a completely plant-based Christmas. But I do think, as we've just spoken about, there is a novelty element that maybe there's some korean flied cauliflower wings that would be appearing on table or plant-based pigs and blankets um it's just as well if um yeah pigs and blankets are under threat that's turkey all the way for me so i'm afraid that's all we have time for in this episode thank you again to my co-hosts blonnie and ronan as well as kevin and thea for their invaluable input on all things plant-based if you'd like to hear more from kevin check out the dairyman podcast on grocer.co.uk if you enjoyed this episode of The Convenience Mix, don't forget to like and subscribe via your chosen podcast streaming platform and see you next month.